G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Back today talking about what's happening in the Middle East. And, of course, Israel, right in the centre of the Middle East, holds a particularly important place. And particularly if you are a Christian believer and you look at the Bible and how things are unfolding in the history of the world and whether you see Israel as a primary part of the way God is dealing with the world as he is dealing with his people, or even if you somehow or other don't believe that and you just think that Israel is unfolding uh, with their history uh, in a sort of a secular way, you'll be interested in our conversation ahead because there are significant times that are facing the Middle East. Stan Goodenough is a South African evangelical. He lives in Israel, and just a few weeks back, you might recall, We spoke to Stan from Israel and we're talking about the things that are unfolding so far as the idea of a Palestinian nation and uh, things that are going through the United Nations at this time. Stan's now joining us face to face in the studio. Hello, Stan. Welcome along to 2020. Thank you. It's good to be here. Stan, we've been talking about this whole idea of a two-state solution. As a biblical Christian believer, uh, how do we actually look at the things that we're seeing in the media today when we look at Israel and those events that are unfolding in the Middle East? Uh, it's, a, it's, it's the perfect question. As a believer, that's the point. Do we believe the Bible or don't we? The Bible says, God says in the Bible, that the land of Israel, including the West Bank, the Bible is very specific, that the land of Israel, including the West Bank, belongs to an ex- exclusively to one nation, and that after many, many centuries in dispersion, that nation will be returned to that land, and that God will secure them in that land, and he will keep them there as a shepherd keeps his sheep. It's very, very clear. God says it's something that he's going to do. Since 1882, we've been witnessing the return of the Jewish people to that land. They've come to the land in stages. The land has been returned to them in stages. Your country played an amazing part in that in 1917 when your Anzacs charged into Beersheba and liberated the land of Israel after centuries of Islamic rule, opening the door for the eventual creation of the state of Israel, which is not a political entity in and of itself, but the fulfillment of biblical prophecy if you are a believer. God said that he would restore the Jewish people, including uh, all of them, to to the land of Israel, including Judea and Samaria, what the Bible calls the mountains of Israel, what the world calls the West Bank, and the world determines to turn into a state called Palestine, which there has not been one of before. And so there is an international consensus today that a state called Palestine will be created in half of Israel, geopolitically dangerous for the existence of what would be left of Israel, and the whole world, more or less, is determined to to see the birth of this second state, the two-state solution, which will see the creation of Palestine. Now, very simply, if God says, I will bring them back to the land I gave them, and I will put them there, including in that occupied territory, as the the world calls it, and I will keep them there, and all the masses of the world, and I think about 135 nations today out of the 193 United Nations member states, 
already recognize the state of Palestine there in those mountains of Israel. Then we have a, a cataclysmic clash coming or unfolding between the word of God, which we as believers have to stand on, and the, the, the agenda of the world. And that's, that really sums it all up in a sense. Isn't it amazing? It's very hard for anyone to argue with the way that Israel has come into existence after being dispersed around the world for so many centuries. And all of a sudden, it is a miraculous thing that Israel again has the promised land as its territory. How significant is it that if there is a worldly agenda and if there are moves towards a two-state solution, that the borders might change? Is there likely to be a a major, uh, as you say, a cataclysmic event sometime in the future uh, with changing borders? The facts on the ground, the realities on the ground, the geopolitical realities on the ground that for 25 years I have now observed as a reporter, writer initially. I was at Madrid for the first big international peace conference that was held there in 1991. Or from that time, for the last quarter of a century, I've watched and I have seen how God oversees what happens there. There there have been wars and there will be more wars. Uh, Israel is in a cauldron surrounded by hundreds of millions of people whose faith uh, uh, commits them to Israel's annihilation. And Israel will not be annihilated because they were almost annihilated just 70 years ago in the Holocaust. So they're there to stay. So you have that reality in the physical realm of Israel saying we will not be have another Holocaust and countries like Iran preparing to carry out another Holocaust and you have that reality there and we will probably see further eruptions. My eldest son is a Golani Brigade sniper in the IDF. The Golani Brigade is training to go to war against Hezbollah in southern Lebanon in a war that could erupt this very minute, any day now. We just know it's coming. So there are going to be conflicts, more changes. The whole Middle East is changing so-called Arab Spring, which is an Arab winter, of course, is changing the whole world there. So there's going to be changes in the border. But where's your question leading to, maybe? Let me ask you about Australia Mm. and our role, because uh, when you from Israel look around the world and say, who's on the side of the Israelis? I know that one of those nations is Australia, because Mm -hmm. there's been this connection, uh, this connection that dates right back to World War I, and we talked about that. Uh, But what would the expectation be on Australian politicians, on Australian Christian leaders uh, in this circumstance that Israel finds itself in? Christians typically in the West are averse to getting into politics. They tend to to shy away. I would encourage Christians here in Australia not to shy away because God uses the political to establish and to fulfill his purpose. You have a government that has already stood up and said, we will not simply be swept along by the crowd when it comes to Israel. We're not going to just parrot language that's being used that that says, for example, that half of Jerusalem is occupied or that says that Jewish towns and villages in Judea and Samaria are illegal and, and, and says they are not illegal. The, 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 the Abbott government has already stood up and said, we will not just go with the flow. We're going to make decisions based on what we believe is right and just and accurate and fair in terms of our foreign policy. So, and, I w- and I would say that as Christians in Australia, get behind your government on that. Encourage them to take that stand. We, we, as, we as believers, we cannot expect non-Christians to go with our faith stand. Okay, And I don't know exactly the spiritual status of your different political leaders, but they will be political. And they will go in the right direction, please God, the way they have already begun to go. And they should be shored up in prayer and in physical, verbal encouragement, letters, emails, whatever. 
Keep doing what's right. Don't just because Spain and England and everybody else is recognizing Palestine, don't just go down that way. Keep doing what's right. We're Australia. We're not going to be told what to do by the rest of the world. We believe there's a right and a wrong here. And we have a stake because our boys died liberating that land. We shed blood so that Palestine could be free from Islamic rule. And now another new Islamic state wants to be created there. And the whole world says we've got to do that. Well, Australia, we're going to stop and think about that for a moment. Maybe I would suggest something along those lines in the direction of the political. For the, for the believers in this land, and Neil, I really think it, fall, it, it comes down to the believers. The future of Australia, whether or not Australia is a, is a goat nation or a sheep nation, as the Bible calls it, the future of Australia is dependent not on the politicians, not on the secular community, but on the believers in this land. We are the salt. We are the light. We are the spice. That's our calling. Let the Christians who say they believe the Bible stand unequivocally on that Bible and pray and stand against and, and write about, speak on the radio about, we don't want Australia to put its hand to dividing God's land because we don't want to come under the biblical principle that says, all who curse her, I will curse. That was God's promise through to Abraham. We want Australia to continue to enjoy the blessing she's enjoyed since our Anzacs helped open the door. And we have enjoyed the blessing. Look how we live here. This is an amazingly prosperous, blessed land. Let's stay there. Let's keep going with God. Let's stay on our knees, pray, and ask God what can we do actively to Make sure that Australia does the right thing. Stan Goodenough is our guest. He's a South African, but he lives in Israel, has done for the past quarter century, is a journalist, is a commentator on these issues of changes that are going on in the Middle East and as they affect the nation of Israel. Stan, stay with us. We'll come back and talk some more in just a short while. We're talking about the unfolding issues in the Middle East and particularly concerning the nation of Israel. As you know, Australia has held the presidency of the United Nations Security Committee and our tenure in that role is coming to an end. The nation that's taking over after Australia is the nation of Chad that doesn't even recognise Israel as a nation. Stan Goodenough is our guest, a commentator on these particular issues. Stan lives in Israel and has been there for the past 25 years, has written extensively on these issues. Stan, are we about to see major change? And what sort of role do you think Chad might play as they take over their tenure in the head of the United Nations Security Council? Uh, I think we're speaking here, Neil, to the, to the agenda of the Palestine Liberation Organization, the PLO, which has decided, which has stated that it will petition the Security Council to rule uh, on the eviction of Israel from Judea and Samaria from the West Bank uh, within three years of now. Now, whether it happens and, and has happened now in November or whether because they keep changing that this happens in the next couple of weeks, the, the intention of the PLO is to present that what speculators or what our commentators have, have suggested is that if the PLO was for various reasons prevented from doing so before the end of November, that it would uh, hold off until the beginning of 2015 when a new raft of non-permanent members of the Security Council would come into play and Australia and others would be off the Security Council, that it would be a better field for, for, for the Arab ambitions there. So um, while, that is, while, that, while that is potentially playing out in the Security Council of the United Nations, uh, up in Europe, uh, nation states are already standing up and saying we recognize Palestine um, or they're calling on their governments to do so. Overwhelming majorities of the parliaments of Great Britain and of Ireland and of Spain uh, and I think uh, France too is just about to do that or will just have done that um, are calling on their governments to just unilaterally recognize Palestine 
because they say we can, if we recognize Palestine, this will be an instrument to coerce or to pressure Israel into just going ahead with a two-state solution. That's going to bring some kind of confrontation. I'm, I'm hoping and praying it will bring, a, bring a, a political confrontation in the international arena between those countries that have been traditionally pro-Arab, like France and, and many of the European states, and countries like Australia, which have been traditionally pro-Israel, and America, North America, Canada, and so on. Um, that's, that, would be my, that would be my prayer, and I would encourage people to pray in that direction because I believe prayer works and prayer has, is powerful. Um, I'm not going to predict the way this is going to go, but we do have, an, we do have a, a clash of realities. We have the Word of God and His purposes, and He says when I bring them back, when I bring the Jewish people back to the land, I will secure them, I will plant them in that land, never to uproot them again. And the world says we're going to uproot them. So somebody's coming in there to uproot plants that God has planted. Who's going, to, who's going to win on this one? I think we can work that out as believers. We know who's going to win. But the conflict, the intensity of the conflict is probably going to just continue to escalate and escalate until in the end, even as the Bible says, the nations of the world are pulled into the conflict, even perhaps militarily down the road, pulled in to try and force their agenda on restored Israel. And at some point, the Bible tells us, the Lord himself will descend and go out and do battle against those nations. So that's at some point in the future. We're heading in that direction. Heading in that direction and the speculation about what might happen in the future. And, uh, you know, some people refer to crystal ball gazing. Well, we Mm. don't do that as Christian believers. uh, But we recognize that uh, when we look at uh, circumstances and we try to see how they might unfold. Uh, don't want to put you in the uh, the office of a prophet here either. But if I was asking you to speculate on what you think is likely to happen in the next short while, uh, as you say, these nations aligning themselves with one side or the other, uh, what is likely to happen in the UN and with the uh, recognition of a potential uh, nation of Palestine in the short time uh, to come? Okay, so we're going to do a let's say. Let's say the Palestinians put their petition in and the United States, uh, the, the Security Council rules that within three years Israel has to be out of that land and a state of Palestine has to be created. Within those next three years, there's going to be a lot of changes on the ground. Uh, whether or not Israel is going to agree to acquiesce to go along with that or not, because Israel sees that as existentially uh, impossible to do, uh, it probably means that Israel is going to have to dig its heels in in one form or another and so exacerbate the already the, the international frustration with Israel further. The PLO would like to see Israel dragged down into the International Court of Justice in The Hague. They'd like to see a prime minister of Israel actually standing in the dock there and being charged with wars against uh, humanity, war crimes, uh, crimes against humanity, war crimes, and so on, genocide, etc. Uh, this is the trend. This is the direction it's moving in. Now, for 25 years, I've seen you know, you've been on a roller coaster at a fun fair. You know, when that thing begins to climb, when you get on the roller coaster, it goes up the slow, slow ascent. You know you're going to come to the top, and at any moment you're going to tip over, but you keep going higher and higher. For 25 years, I've felt like we're going up, up, up. We've had a few wars. We've had a few serious issues. We've had some very serious issues like the Second Intifada, Lebanon War, and so on. But we're still heading up towards a climax. We're going there. And, it's, and how it will unfold, I do not know. But what I see the trend is developing is that Israel will become increasingly hated, and every single Christian on this planet will have to make a decision about whether they stand with Israel whether they join in the forces against her. It'll have to be a personal decision. It'll have to be churches that make decisions like that. That perhaps is more impacting on us individually. What should we be looking forward to? And I think I would say, I would urge our listeners who are believers to ask the Lord to guard your heart 
and be sure that you are not swept away. Do you remember the images that came out of the Gaza war of the Palestinian children being blown to bits? Okay. How that provoked anger against Israel. And everybody who saw those terrible images of Arab children dead on the road would have been angered by that. The way it was used was to generate the blame on Israel. Of course, it wasn't Israel's fault. Israel didn't want that war. That was a war that the Palestinian Arabs put their own children in front of the rockets. And and this was the consequence. The fact is that when these wars happen, the media portrays Israel in a very bad light. And it seduces all of us into a potential to stand against Israel. And we need to ask the Lord to guard our hearts that we will not be lied to, that we will not be deceived, that we will not be seduced into standing against what he is doing which is restoring his people so that he can send his son back, so that peace can come to this world. So look for reputable sources of information about what's going on in the Middle East, and particularly as it deals with the nation of Israel, and to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, which is a biblical concept that has lasted all of these years. Your encouragement, stand to listeners who are Bible-believing Christians uh, to recognize what that means to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Okay, the, the, the psalm says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they shall prosper who love her. That is what you pray. That's, if you look at the text, it's very simple. You're not, you're not supposed to pray for the peace of Jerusalem so that you will prosper. It says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And what should you pray? They shall prosper who love her. So how do we pray for the peace of Jerusalem? We pray for people to love Jerusalem. We pray for people to stand with her. We pray for the Lord to, 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 to raise up allies to raise up those that will stand with and support Israel, that they will prosper for doing so. That should be our prayer. It's not some, of course, the peace only comes when the Prince of Peace comes. We know that. That's what we're ultimately praying towards. But in terms of our daily activity as Christians, we should not use prayer as an excuse not to do anything practical, I believe. There are things that we can do, and I've already alluded to some of those, and the Lord can guide us. But we should indeed make We should do what the psalmist said. We should prefer Jerusalem above our chief joy. It doesn't mean idolizing it. I'm not talking about Jesus is our king, and we worship him. But the text in the Bible is we need to prefer Jerusalem above our chief joy. Jerusalem, bear with me, Australians. Israel and Jerusalem, in God's sight, is just a little bit more important than Australia. And if Australia blesses Israel, Australia will enjoy all the blessings of that in terms of that, if if you follow what I'm trying to say. Well, Stan, your insights are very, very valuable and uh, certainly appreciate you sharing those with us today. Stan, good enough. Uh, Thanks for being with us on 2020. Thank you. Thank you, Australia. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.